Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Well, I want to pick back up where we began last week. Uh, I want to talk, guys, I'm going to have Tommy play behind me a little bit tonight and just see where where we go with this, but, um, you know, last week we began a path down the journey of the nine gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit of God. Amen. Isn't it amazing that he gave us gifts? You know, one thing I love about what Jesus said as he was introducing his disciples to the Holy Spirit, he made this statement, I will not leave you orphans. I will not leave you orphans. That means I won't just merely give birth to you. But I'll mature you, perfect you, develop you, grow you, see you through. Right? It's one thing to give birth to something. It's one thing for Jesus to lay down his life and give us entrance into a kingdom. But it's another for him to give us a pathway to have victory and to walk in everything that he has supplied to us and made available to us. Amen? I was at Rama a few weeks ago. For those of you who don't know, Rama Bible Training Center. Tulsa, Oklahoma, founded by uh, Kenneth E. Hagan. The, you know, the funny thing about that is Kenneth E. Hagan really had nothing to do with Rhema at all. At zero, to, all he did was prophetically speak it. He didn't even know he spoke it into existence. And it was the son, Pastor Kenneth Hagan, Kenneth Hagan Jr., uh, that, you know, oversaw it, ran it, developed it, and brought it to what it is today. But, of course, many people associated with Kenneth E. Hagen. We was in a uh, meeting, a director's meeting, um, with some folks on a, one of the mornings there. And they just reignited us with the passion and the reason why we do what we do. And one of the statements that was made was Kenneth E. Hagen saw too many believers. This was his quote. I see too many believers leaving, living far below what God has provided. At the essence of the core of of what we do, it's to see not just individuals born into the kingdom. That's obviously got to be a place that we start. That's got to be the ignition point, coming into the kingdom, being birthed into the kingdom, confessing him as Lord, having that zeal and that passion evangelistically to to see those come from darkness into light, to be uh, come out of death and destruction and decay and everything that the enemy wants and to see them experience the new life of Christ. But beyond that is living to the fullest potential, living to the fullest capacity as a believer. And many Christians live, you know, many different levels on this spectrum of Christianity, anywhere from just confessing him as Lord and hope, hoping to go to heaven to maybe accepting and, and um, allowing some of the, the scripture and some of God's intentive pur- purposes and desires for us to come to fruition, but maybe rejecting and pushing back on others. But ultimately, this is a complete and continual journey until you exit this earth of discovering what God has made available to you here. It's a very powerful quote that I heard several years ago that heaven is populated with individuals that now know what they could have had on earth. 
Heaven is populated with individuals that now know on the other side, I should have been operating in this down there. That heaven wasn't meant for heaven alone. Heaven was meant to invade and impact and influence this environment. And that there were things I could have tapped into had I just known, had I just been brought to that knowledge, had someone just taught me, had someone just just shown me, had someone just walked me through that. So there's, there is the total experience of the kingdom of God and total experience of life in Christ that we have to continually pursue and continually go after. I gave you 1 Corinthians chapter 12 last week. Of course, that's where we see the nine gifts of the Spirit uh, identified, and we can look at that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1 in the, um, uh, what do you got, the New King James back there, guys? Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. So again, he's not just talking or writing to a Corinthian church. You know, the Holy Spirit captures him and now he's writing to us. This is eternal. This is the word yesterday, today, and forever. If he's writing that to the brethren that was applicable and that was necessary at that time, do not be ignorant of spiritual gifts concerning spiritual matters. Brethren, he's talking to the church. He says, I do not want you to be ignorant. Other words that we looked at uh, for that word ignorant was misinformed, uninformed, unaware, right? These are the words that he's saying, we can't live this way. We need to have a knowledge and a capacity of understanding of spiritual matters, spiritual gifts. And we saw last week that ultimately, if you just want to break it down, the gifts of the Spirit are spiritual solutions for the earth today. They are ways that by the Spirit of God, we alter and rectify and correct what is out of alignment. We know the earth is out of alignment. We know there's trial and tribulation. We know there's destruction and depravity. We know that there is wickedness and moral decay. We, we know all these things. And so we need the gifts of the Spirit in operation in our lives so that we can administer heaven on earth. They're called gifts of the Spirit. And many of us have settled for natural solutions to solve spiritual problems. Many of us have settled merely for a natural solution to solve a spiritual problem. But I didn't leave you orphans. I didn't just give, you birth, give birth to you and then leave you here to figure this out on your own. Do the best job you can in your natural capacity. I've given you my spirit. He will come in you. He will come upon you. And I believe that we cannot fully display heaven on this earth without access to a spiritual power and a spiritual capacity. There may be elements and there may be arenas that we can get into. You can show kindness. You can show love. You can show, uh, you can give someone hope. You can, you, you, you can bring to a degree. But I believe that there is just going to be, there are just going to be some areas and arenas that we're going to engage in that you will not answer or you will not bring a total and complete solution and healing to unless you tap into the Spirit of God. We saw in Luke chapter 4 that Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is what? Upon me, for he has anointed me. What do we call anointing around here? 
spiritual assistance for a spiritual assignment. What is anointing? It's spiritual assistance for a spiritual assignment. And many of us, even in this room tonight, are up against spiritual problems that we are attacking with natural resources. We're trying to bring natural answers to spiritual issues. And so each one of these nine gifts of the Spirit, whether it's a gift of faith, whether it's a gift of of prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, whether it's a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, whether it's a working of miracles, gift of healing, whatever it is, uh, discerning of spirits, a lot of times you're going to find that that what you really needed to really get that thing over and see the the, the overcoming and the, the power of God on a situation to see this thing altered and corrected and rectified as it ought to be and as you know it ought to be, is you need a, a gift of the Spirit in operation. And you and I were designed to operate in these nine gifts of the Spirit. Every single one of us. We're designed, we, we have to shove off the days that this is over, that this that is, they're not in operation. That's for the weak-minded. That this is only for a certain group of people. That, that's not going to work in the last days. I read a quote yesterday. I, I should have taken a picture of it or, or set it aside, but it was actually... One of the final words that Smith Wigglesworth gave in 1946, just before he passed, and he said that in the end times, there will be a falling away from the church. And I read a statistic, another statistic the other day that said since 2020, 76% have walked away from the church. Abandoned the practice of the church, abandoned the, the, the elements of Christianity, have abandoned, have walked away. But he went on to say this, that it would actually open the door for a remnant. Those that never abandoned the move of the Spirit. And that it would actually usher in the greatest move of the Spirit this earth has ever seen. Could it be that we're living out, we're walking out what he spoke there in 1946? some 80 years ago. So, you know, these things aren't to bring dismay. These things aren't to scare us. These things aren't to get us to, you know, resort to just internalizing and just, well, let's just hang on and hold out. No, this is to say, man, we, we, we have never abandoned. We've remained with these principles. We've, we've stuck true. And now this is just the very stage the very stage that God needs has been set for the greatest move this world has ever seen, this country has ever seen. And you talk about the United States of America, the United States has had some amazing encounters with God. In the short time that Dr. Gee was with us, we, you know, he loves to talk about revival that's just on his heart right now. And, 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 and you know, he can come to, at it from a theological standpoint, from a historical standpoint. And so he's just got a wealth of knowledge there. If you bought, if you saw his book, Do It Again, it's probably about that. It's a textbook. It's curriculum is what it is. But it's years and years of research and insight and study of, of what these revivals look like over time. And America has, has had many of these encounters. And I believe there's at least one more on its way. And so, you know, these gifts of the Spirit, he says, now concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant. 
But now I want to jump over to 1 Corinthians 14. I apologize. I don't mean to delay this any longer. We will get in, into the depths of these nine gifts and break them down one by one. But I've just got to do one more lay uh, foundation because the Lord showed me something that is extremely key to us walking in these gifts. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Two chapters later, this is what he says. New King James. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Now, in chapter 12, he says, I do not want you to be ignorant, unaware, misinformed. Two chapters later, now he's encouraging the church to desire spiritual gifts. And this is what the Lord told me. Actually, he asked me a question. He said, what is the opposite of ignorance? And I replied, as maybe many of you just replied in your own heads, knowledge. He said, no, it's not. He said, the opposite of ignorance is desire. Knowledge alone is not the solution. Knowledge alone will not solve. If that were the case, Jesus would have already come. We've got more access to knowledge. Maybe not knowledge, but we've at least got the access to it. We've got books upon books and articles upon articles and blogs and podcasts and teachings and YouTube and Google and everything else you can think of, you know, right within an arm's reach. If it were knowledge, we would have already solved this problem. But he told me, no, it's not knowledge, it's desire. It's a desire. And this word desire here uh, is, is defined this way, to be zealous for. To be zealous for. To burn with desire. To burn with desire. To pursue ardently. To pursue ardently. To desire intensely. In the Greek, that's how this word is defined. To be zealous for to burn, to pursue, to desire intensely. I'll read it to you in a few other translations in the Amplified, the classic Amplified. It reads this way, eagerly pursue and seek to acquire this love. Make it your aim, your great, your great quest. And earnestly desire and cultivate the spiritual endowments gifts, especially that you may prophesy. In the Passion Translation, it says, it is good that you are enthusiastic and passionate about spiritual gifts. Enthusiastic and passionate about spiritual gifts. The message reads it this way, go after a life of love as if your life depended on it because it does. Give yourselves to the gifts God gives you. So the antidote for ignorance of spiritual gifts is to desire spiritual gifts. Desire becomes the container within which we, we put the knowledge, if I can put it that way. 
Knowledge alone puffs up. Knowledge alone is, is just head knowledge, never becomes heart knowledge. We, we, we receive nine gifts or we receive gifts of the Spirit on a mental ascent alone, and we never allow it to become heart knowledge. We never allow it to become something that is instilled within us with a burning passion for. These are the words that he used when he said, this is how the church ought to be striving for and seeking for the gifts of the Spirit. You know, I believe, you know, in just the culture and, and day and age that we're in today. You know, if, if I don't like to say spirit of a whole lot and just tag spirit, spirit, spirit. But, you know, if you can tolerate me saying it, it's like there's just a spirit of status quo in the earth today. A spirit of just get by, a spirit of just enough, a spirit of no try, no effort. I mean, you go into a restaurant you, you go, uh, you know, just about anywhere today. Uh, you know, customer service is, is down. They, they, there's hardly an effort made. It's like there's no try anymore. There's no effort. There's no passion. There's no zeal. And man, when you do find a place that, that I mean, it's like, how much can I tip you? You know, it's like, man, I'm throwing this down. If, if you keep this going on, there was one night we went through a, uh, drive through and the girl was just like just over the top just amazing just you know through the the speaker and then when we got to the window just meeting every need asking questions engaging in conversation I was like where did you come from like my gosh you know they are paying they need to pay you double triple whatever I mean it's just and we let her know we told her But when it comes to these gifts, when it comes to spiritual matters, the church has to have a pursuit of these things. The, 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 the sense that he uses the word desire implies that we are not accidentally, automatically, or passively going to fall into the gifts of the Spirit in operation. You see what I'm saying? This is not just, well, God, if you want to show up, you'll show up. If you want to move, you'll move. If you want to speak, you'll speak. If you want to heal, you heal. Lord, Lord's will be done. This ain't going to work. There's not going to be a passive uh, uh, entrance and allowance and movement of these. It's going to take an intentionality on our part to seek that these gifts are in operation. And, and, and you know, in, in certain regions, certain areas, there's more fear than there is seeking. There's more rejection than there is running after. We're going to see that shift. We're going to see a passionate pursuit of the gifts of the Spirit. That doesn't mean we're aggressive. That doesn't mean we manufacture it. That doesn't mean we force it. That means we make room for it. You know the difference? You know the difference? We're not going to fake it. We're not going to manufacture it but we're going to make room for it. Desire, he says, these spiritual gifts. Desire these spiritual gifts. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 4, Jesus is speaking with his disciples. It says, once when he was eating with them, he commanded them. Let me get to uh, 
New King James. Being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but here it is, to wait for the promise of the Father, which we know is the Holy Spirit. He said, you have heard from me. John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now, being assembled together with them, he commanded them. It was a, The Holy Spirit is both an invitation and command. It's an invitation to walk into this life and walk in and, 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 and see these gifts and, and the, the ways of the Spirit unfold. Stop using natural uh, 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 solutions to solve spiritual problems. Stop relying on mere... Now, now, this is the thing. It's not that the natural is wrong. It's just not where you start. It's not that it is wrong. Not telling you to stop taking medication, not telling you not to go to the bank, not telling you to not, uh, you know, pursue, uh, you know, uh, natural means. But get that from the Spirit, not just from your personal experience or example or your own mind. Because the Holy Spirit may have a whole other way He wants to do it. Dr. Geet was sharing with me, you know, they travel all over and he was... He was, you know, just commending us on the, the, the building project and, and, you know, how we had already raised this down payment. And I was just giving him all the details of it. And just, man, it's such a God thing. You know, I mean, there's no burden. There's no stress. Obviously, it's a step of faith, but it's, it, it's not like, uh, you know, we're living without any margin. It's just completely strapped. And he said, you don't know how many times I see pastors, what they'll call faith. It was really just something. It's, a, it's an absolute burden. It forces them into to financial malpractice. Um, it, 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 it forces them into manipulating people for money because we've got to make, got to make, got to make, got to make a payment. And, and just, it straps them. But when you hear from the Spirit of God, when you start there, then He'll give you a natural means. Have this procedure. See this doctor. Take this medicine. Believe for this. Go, go here. See this person. Take out this. Whatever. But when you start with the Spirit, He'll never mislead you and misguide you. He'll always lead you down the right path. And so, Jesus is telling His disciples, if you're going to receive this promise of the Father, He says what? you got to wait. Waiting here. Tarrying is, this means with intention. Tarry and wait with intention. Tarry and wait with intention. A purpose of waiting. They weren't just in that upper room hoping. And again, they don't even know what they're waiting for. I mean, you and I do now on the back end. But in that moment, they didn't know what they were waiting for. What does it look like? Is this an actual person coming to see us? Is, I mean, what, 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 what is this even, how does this transpire? How does this flesh itself out? And, and yet they're waiting and they're waiting and they're waiting. And what are they doing? They're creating room. They're making room. They didn't manufacture it. They didn't fake it. They say, well, you know, by, by now something should have showed up. I think I feel something. So let's call that the whole. No, they waited on the Holy Spirit and he showed up in an undeniable way altered the course of their lives and altered the, the course of church history. Began what we know as the church today. With a tarrying, with a waiting. It's not a common practice in churches anymore. 
It's not a common practice in anyone's lives by any means, a waiting and a tarrying. But there are just some things in the spirit that we're going to have to wait upon the Lord. Those who wait upon the Lord will what? Renew their strength. There's an intentionality of seeking him, pursuing him, desiring him. It's also not just desiring to know about something, but it's actually desiring to walk in it yourself. It's not just the desire to know, hey, I want to, Pastor Mark, teach me about the night. No, it's I want to operate. I want to see that practiced in my life. I want to see those results yielded in my life. And as we saw last week, it's not about the glorification and the exaltation of man. It's about the glorification of Jesus. He gets all the glory. He gets all the praise. It's not about a demonstration and and, and boasting a name and building up an organization. It's about pointing people to Jesus. That's what it's about. And when these gifts are in manifestation as they ought to be, as the word of God shows us and and, and defines for us, that's, that's who gets the glory. People will turn to the Father. People will turn to the Father. Now, I will say this, you know, it's possible to be impressed by a miracle and still not changed by one. That's possible. You're not going to heal everyone. You're not going to save everyone. But we're going to do our part. Not everyone gets healed that we pray for, just like not everyone gets saved that I give an invitation for. There's a another party involved. There's, another, there's the will of man involved. I, Jesus to this day has yet to force someone into his kingdom. It's never happened, never will. But we're going to make room for it. And when these gifts of the spirit in operation, it's undeniable he's in the house. It's undeniable he's moving in the midst. It's undeniable he's working amongst us. And yeah, there'll still be doubters and those that will deny and those that will criticize and critique. But at the end of the day, God has been in operation. He says, tarry and wait. Tarry and wait with intentionality, with purpose. Acts chapter 2 is a result of pursuit. We know that very next chapter over. He says, as a result of this waiting, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. He'll make you witnesses, right? Acts chapter 2, the Spirit of the Lord comes, comes upon them, descends upon them. That's a result of pursuit. That wasn't just heaven deciding, okay, bam. That was, a, that was a, an approach that said, God, we want whatever you have. God, we want whatever you're doing. We want to be a part of a mood of God, you know. Dr. Key said that multiple times. You know, there are some in the church that spectate. Some in the church that speculate. Some in the church that, and he said there's, but we need people in the church that will participate. I want to take it one step further. We need people in the church that will demonstrate. When you will become a participator, he'll make you a demonstrator. When you, be, when you let yourself become a participator, with the move of God. You'll become a demonstrator of the move of God. It'll literally be demonstrated through your life. You become exhibit A for the kingdom of God. You want to see the kingdom? It's right here. It's not here or there. It's within you. 
within you. That's what that's all these guys, that's all these nine gifts are. Is a demonstration of heaven on earth. Correcting and rectifying what is out of alignment. That's how these gifts work. In Ephesians chapter 5, guys, I didn't give you these verses, so if you can pull these up quickly for us. Ephesians chapter 5 in the New King James. Ephesians 5 and verse 18. Do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. The connotation of that verse, the context is be being filled, meaning continually staying filled with the Spirit. Continually staying filled with the Spirit. We need to learn how to live a Spirit-filled life. That's why I just ministered on what I ministered on these last Wednesdays for about the last, it feels like the last year, at least the last you know three or four months that I've been ministering on life in the Spirit. What does a Spirit-filled life look like? Because when you live a Spirit-filled life, you show up to problems with solutions. Redemptive solutions. Answers. It's time for the church to show up with answers, even if they're not asking us. It's amazing. The world never asked us in 2020, what should we do about this pandemic? What should we do about this virus? What should we do about this racial injustice? What should we do about this? And they never asked us. But you know what? We got an answer. For every problem we face in the last 24 months, the church has an answer. And it's not political. It's not economic. It's not educational. Right? We have an answer. It's called the kingdom of God. It's called submit yourself to the lordship of Jesus Christ. It's called come under kingdom health care, kingdom economy, kingdom influence, right? We've got the answer. Redemptive answers, redemptive solutions. But it's about be being filled, be continually filled. And then as a result of that, what does it say? Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Isn't that amazing? As a result of us being continually filled with the Spirit, then we can minister to one another. We can see these gifts of the Spirit in operation. We can have words for one another, encouraging one another, building one another up. You ever had someone speak a truly prophetic word over your life? It's life-changing. It's the voice of the Father speaking directly into your life, directly into your situation. That's not kooky or weird. We're not talking about astrology and stargazing and seeking out fortune-telling. We're talking about hearing from the Father who loves you and cares for you. I mean, what we saw, those miracle signs and wonders we saw this past weekend, that's all simply is this, the love of God on display. I mean, you walk away. I mean, there were some words that would be given because I know as a pastor some of the situations that are going on in your life that when he was speaking with such pinpoint accuracy to some of your situations, both, both internally and externally, physically and spiritually and mentally and all, the, all of the above, you, 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 I'm just laughing because it's like the love of God is just an absolute demonstration right now. And it doesn't matter if every single person in here is a critic and denies it. The one person that's receiving the word knows this is the absolute truth. 
And as a pastor, because I'm privy to some insight and because I know some things in some, in some scenarios, in some ways, there were plenty of them. I was like, I had no idea you were battling that. And I'm thankful the Lord saw to it that he ministered to that need in that moment. We saw gifts of the Spirit. What a, what a week to start a teaching on gifts of the Spirit before. I didn't even do that on purpose, but you just saw them in demonstration. Now we can work our way backwards and say, look, this was a gift of feeling. This was a working miracle. This was a prophetic word. This was a word of knowledge. This was a word of wisdom. I mean, we saw at least half of them in operation just over the weekend. That's the love of the Father. I mean, you just sit back and you're just basking in the love of God. And He loves you that much to care for you that much. He knows the hairs that are numbered on your head or not numbered on your head in some cases. Wouldn't He be able to identify with pinpoint accuracy and speak to a situation and give you answers? It's incredible. And the Amplified, the classic Amplified in that same passage, Ephesians 5, 18. Do not get drunk with wine, for this is debauchery. He's talking about influence. He's saying, rather, be influenced by the Spirit of God. Live under the Spirit. Live, live under the influence of the Spirit. But ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. Ever be filled. That means forever. It means we should always, we should never run dry of the Spirit of God. We should never run dry. We should never run on empty. We should never run low. We should never be waning. In that. He says, stay filled up. Jesus identified and modeled a perfectly filled up life. You can stay full. You can stay full. Stay full of the Spirit. the Passion Translation, it says, don't get drunk with wine, which is rebellion. Instead, be filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Filled with the fullness. Just feel we have to lay that foundation. I feel like we have to, to understand that the exercising of the gifts in your life is going to be because you make an intense, purposed pursuit of the Spirit of God. You can be a spectator. You can stand on the sidelines. You can watch, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's much better to get in the river. Get in the river. The Spirit's flowing. The Spirit's moving. The Spirit's speaking. And we don't have to merely be Spectators applauding and being impressed by signs and wonders, we can actually see them operate in our lives. You can literally be a mouthpiece of heaven, a mouthpiece of heaven through tongues, interpretation, and prophetic words. You can receive revelation from heaven through words of wisdom, words of knowledge, discerning of spirits. You can operate in the power of the Spirit of God, gifts of faith, gifts of healing, gifts of miracles, working of miracles. You can operate in these things. We can operate in these things. I'll give you one last passage in 2 Timothy chapter 1. This is Paul's words to Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6. 
Therefore, I remind you. This means I've told you this before. I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. He says, I remind you to stir up. That's on us. He's saying, Timothy, I can't do this for you. I can't come down there and stir up the gift within you. I can encourage you. I can exhort you. I can speak to the gift that I know has been deposited. I, 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 can, I can try to build that up within you, but you've got to stir up that gift. You've got to stir up the gift. You've got to stay stirred up. Giving attention, giving focus to it. Reminding yourself of how God wants to use you and orchestrate himself through you. Passing translation reads it this way. I'm writing to encourage you to fan into a flame. Remember what we said, uh, one of the definitions of desire, to burn passionately. Fan the flame and rekindle the fire of the spiritual gift God imparted to you when I laid my hands upon you. Fan into a flame and rekindle the fire. The Amplified, it reads it this way. That is why I would remind you to stir up, rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, and keep burning the gracious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you by means of the laying on of hands with those of the elders at your ordination. There's a fanning of the flame. There's a rekindling. There's a way to be filled. It's interesting in Acts chapter 2, we know that the 120 upper room, they were filled with the Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit came upon them. And then two chapters later, after some trial and after some challenge, after they healed the lame man at the gate called Beautiful, and they were threatened within an inch of their lives, right? Do not preach in the name of Jesus. Well, you know, you're telling us not to, but we don't know that we can follow that. We've got to do what the Lord's commanded us to do. You know, whether that's all right or okay with you, that doesn't matter. We're going to keep preaching we're going to keep announcing we're going to keep pronouncing the name of Jesus and it says they went to their own company right they began to worship together and it said that the 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 uh, there was an earthquake that hit and it said that they were all filled with the spirit two chapters later that's any indication of how often we need this filling two chapters later can y'all just stand with me we can just take a moment right now to yield to the filling of the Spirit of God. Robert, would you mind coming back up for me? This is important to stay full of the Spirit of God. We've got to stay full. You know, and I think that we may have more times of just opportunities coming in here maybe on a Wednesday night or something and just getting filled up. Y'all remember our refresh nights that we did two years ago? That was already two years ago, golly. And it was necessary to face. That was 2020. The Lord spoke that to us and said, do these services once a month on a Wednesday night. He prophetically spoke that to us in January before there was any pandemic or corona or viruses or whatever else was going on and and just by following the spirit of God in a simple command when Daryl Huffman was with us 
and it was necessary. Every month we took that time and we may need to get back to that again. Just taking time to bask in the presence of God. Be in the presence of God. Get filled up again. Yeah, we get busy and we get weary. We get distracted. You know, I believe as we stay filled up, you won't get offended. You won't go, you won't grow bitter. Burnout. You'll find yourself enduring things you never thought you could endure. Your heart will get healed. Now I'm thankful for powerful services, laying on of hands and operations and the, the, the gifts that we're saying, but, but, but there's things that you can see manifest in your own life just by staying full of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Father, we just seek your presence in your Spirit. We don't just seek what you have for us, but we know that what you have for us comes as a result of seeking you. Father, we make an effort to stay full of the Spirit of God, to desire, burn with the passion for, intentionally and purposefully seek after spiritual gifts and operation. Holy Spirit of God, we thank you that you indwell us, you fill us, you come upon us, you manifest yourself amongst us, and you move through us to do what only you can do. We yield to you, Holy Spirit. We yield to your operation. We yield to your manifestation. We yield to the gifts of the Spirit. We don't reject, we don't run away from, we don't deny we don't criticize, we welcome, make room, make space for the Spirit of God. Do what only you can do. Speak to the hearts of men and women. Bring deliverance. Bring attention to. Help us see with the gifts of revelation. Help us increase in power with the gifts of power. Help us have utterance and words from heaven through the gifts of utterance. By yielding our way, by yielding our thoughts, by yielding our motives, our intentions, our time. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will fill us up strengthen us you'll equip us just as your word says in Ephesians chapter 4 that the body would be equipped to do the work of ministry that is the work of ministry that the Holy Spirit would flow through his church Holy Spirit flow through your church once again flow through your church once again Speak through your church once again. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. 
By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.